0: Friends, welcome to the Angels and Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jansis. I am an angel messenger. I bring through messages for you from your angels, guides, and loved ones. I do this in 25-minute readings and 55-minute readings. If you want a reading, you can go to my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, dot com. In every session, I also bring through energy healing to make sure that you are working energy out of your chakras, auric field, and body. This is accumulated energy that just needs to be released. So if that is something that you want to do, definitely get in contact with me. So I hope that you had a wonderful weekend. This past weekend was the Theosophical Society of America's annual big Theosophist celebration. And when they have this, they have all of these different vendors come in and you've got a tent and a booth and you just get to talk to people all day. And it's actually the only fair that I do every year. It's the only fair that I do throughout the year, right? Because it's local, it's in my area. um, And I just love getting to connect with people one-on-one. And what I really want for today's podcast is to share some angel stories with you because we had a lot come in, um, not only at Theosophus, but over email afterwards and through some stories that I heard. And I really want you to hear some of those stories today because they're just so prevalent to the angel messages that I've been receiving lately. So um, I am going to share these stories with you and weave in the angel messages that I've been receiving so that you can see by the end of this podcast episode Just how clear those angel messages are for you in particular as well. And see how they weave together to bring this bigger message to you personally. So part of the message that I had been getting last week was slow down that, um, and this came through because I had to really check myself. I wasn't feeling that excited about Theosophest at the beginning of last week. I wasn't feeling like I normally do. Normally I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. And when I really stopped to check in with why I was feeling that way, I had to ask myself questions, right? So if this ever happens to you, if you're ever feeling a certain way and you're like, why am I feeling this? That, that's just the first step. You just have to become aware that your feeling has shifted, that your mood has shifted. And once you become aware that that has happened, you can really kind of go into yourself and ask, well, why? You know, like, why am I feeling this way? So when I went into this and asked myself why, why am I feeling like not as pumped as I normally do about the Asafest, right? What I heard was last year I did too much. So last year I booked out my entire day back-to-back with readings for almost six hours and that was six readings an hour and I remember getting to the end of the day and being like oh my gosh I haven't even gone to the bathroom and I have to go so bad and people are still coming up and asking me to squeeze them in so this year, what I did is instead I asked people to pre-register and I really stuck with that, that I only took those pre-registered folks um, at the tent and I really limited it to about 10 readings this year because going and doing so much last year, I just burnt myself out for almost an entire week where then I had to just take a week of downtime to get my energy back. So because I was aware of what I was feeling and because I stopped and was able to take some time with myself, and this is just, you know, like a five minute check in, right? Then I was able to see why I was feeling that way and give myself what I needed, which was a more relaxed day, just chatting with people and getting to know people and telling people about the podcast and how much benefit they could get out of that. And that's how I ended up spending my time, which was so much fun to be able to connect with different people and share this podcast with them. At Theosophest, one of the people that came up to me, and we had this huge sign that said, be on our podcast, you know, share your stories. These are the types of stories that we're looking for. And at Theosophest, this one um, gentleman came up to me and he said, I want you to know That I had been a pastor my entire life. And my entire life was going to the grieving when they needed me, when someone was passing to the other side or had just passed to the other side. And he said, early on in my career, he was retired. He said, early on in my career, I started asking people, Did you get a sign? from that loved one on the other side. And he said it didn't fail that nine out of 10 times, that person felt their loved one who had crossed over come through to them. And he said this happened all the time through visitation dreams, through feeling like that loved one was sitting at the edge of their bed, waking up in the night and seeing them sitting at the edge of the bed, He said people got signs within cardinals, within birds, within butterflies and dragonflies and hummingbirds. He said there were some people who got signs in all different ways, but it didn't fail that nine out of 10 times when he asked that question that people did see the signs that were sent to them. People felt the presence of their loved one next to them within a close, short period after the time of that person's passing. I don't know about you, but when I heard that story, I just got chills all, of my, all over my body because what he said was, Julie, what I have to tell you is um, I wasn't woo-woo. You know, I didn't really believe in signs or in dreams or in your loved ones coming through. When I first started my profession as a pastor, that's what he told me. But he said, because I went through my entire career serving people really and asking them that question and finding that nine out of 10 times all the time throughout all of those decades that it came back. Yes. He said, I can't not believe I can't not believe that they have the ability to come over to us, comfort us, and let us know that it's okay, that they're there with us, that they're truly not gone. And my friend, that is what the podcast is about today. So we're going to hop into some angel stories. But before we do, what I want to tell you is I am picking from the reviews this week so, if you haven't written a review yet, I am picking those fifteen people to receive readings, receive Reiki healings from our students this week, and it's going to be announced on Thursday. So, you really have to get it in by Wednesday. Let's say, um, let's say this Wednesday by dinner time, okay? And I will pick those. And I guess all of our dinner times are different. So let's say 5 p.m. Chicago time, which is Central Standard Time here in the U.S. I will end up picking those 15 winners after that, that evening, Wednesday evening. And I will announce all of them on Thursday's podcast. Friends, I am also going to be starting up a weekly channeled angel message that goes to your inbox via your email. So if you're not receiving our emails, please go over to my website, jancis.com, that's my last name, .com. scroll all the way to the bottom, and you can just submit your email so that we have that and we are able to get those angel messages to you starting next month. Okay, so we got a really amazing story in and I wanted to share it with you. In this email, she says, hello, I wanted to share with you an angel intervention that happened last week while I was listening to your podcast on my morning commute. I have a 40-minute commute a couple of days a week between two rural communities where I am a private practice mental health therapist. I found your podcast three weeks ago while searching for something uplifting to listen to in the mornings on my way to work. I was listening to your podcast on the way to work in heavy traffic on a two-lane highway when a large truck in the other lane coming towards me carrying a load of what looked like various piles of junk and debris started losing some of its contents in large... Including a large concrete block that was coming towards my vehicle mid-air and headed for my windshield, it was like watching a disaster coming towards me in slow motion. As I braced for impact, the concrete block suddenly shifted to the left, missing my car. But what by what appeared to be a few inches. I heard it bounce off the highway and hit the driver's side door. Needless to say, I was shaken up and pulled my car over and pulled my car over to the side of the road. Thanks to what I believe was an angel intervention, my windshield and my person remained uninjured and my car was only mildly scratched in two places on the door. Thought you would enjoy this story of my angel intervention. I have believed in angels all my life since I was very young, and throughout the toughest moments of my life, they have supported and comforted me. I thank them again for having my back again, and that cement block could have done a lot of damage and caused a lot of harm. Thank you for sharing your podcast and your messages about the angels. It's nice to know there are others who believe in these heavenly beings who look out for us every day. God bless and keep up the good work. First, I am just so, so glad that you are okay and that you were able to have that near miss. We receive stories like this all of the time at the podcast of these near misses and they are your angels, your loved ones on the other side looking out for you. They will always do as much as they can from the other side to help you. And what's fascinating too is that you've probably heard people say, and I probably said it before here on the podcast, that the more that we ask for angels' help, the more that they are able to step in and help us. A lot of times that comes down to our free will and them not being able to bypass our free will to make decisions for us. But in the event that something has shifted in the world and we are put in a position where we're not supposed to be, this damage that this woman would have had in her car was not supposed to be and in the very short amount of time that these accidents can occur we're not thinking about asking our angels for help typically we're not thinking about asking our angels for help but they do step in when they are able to they are able to bypass our free will not wait for us to ask for help and just to come in because there is free will here on earth, which means that things can shift. Accidents do happen. And yet at the same time, because there's no time on the other side, it's almost like if you remember back to VHS or DVDs, right? Um, Spirit can just fast forward all the way to the future and see from our own free will, what did we choose? what How did the scenarios play out? And from that, it makes two seemingly opposing things true. They do wait for us to ask for help in non-emergency situations. And in emergency situations like this, if it is an accident, it's not supposed to be, then they are able to step in, of course, and assist us in so many different ways. I can't tell you since I started doing this work, how many people have told me That they were in car accidents that should have been so much worse than they were. But they felt as if, um, even if they weren't wearing their seatbelt, felt that they were held in a position within the car. They felt physically held back. They felt held into the car instead of getting thrust out. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to wear your seatbelt. Help them every day by... Wearing your seatbelt all the time. It just means that they really are able to help us more than we know. Okay, so there's another story that I want to tell. And here's some background information. So after the Asafest this weekend, and I've worked events my entire life. Maybe not festivals like this, but since I was in late high school, I have constantly been working events. And I know that for me, I need a break after events because they're physically just draining. You're preparing them for You're preparing for them for a couple of weeks. You go through like the 24 hours of the event. And I don't know if any of you work events, but what happens to me is that my body starts to get a bit shaky towards the end of the event. I tend to not drink enough water that day. I've been standing on my feet for too long the day before and the day of. I've been expending too much mental energy on just wanting it off wanting it all to go off without a hitch. And so when I came back from Theosifest, I was tired. I um, was really kind of taking my time with Blake and with Elle for granted. Uh, He was being so sweet and he was trying to talk to me and I was just kind of like, leave me alone (laughs) I just want to watch a show and I just want to crawl in bed and uh, Elle had been at a little friend's house and then she came home and I did the exact same thing with her and I didn't mean to but you know when I talk about Fano with you in previous episodes and needing to take ownership when we need to take ownership this is one place where I needed to take ownership So even though I didn't do as many readings as I normally do at Fest, I was just still really exhausted and I was just kind of pushing them away and not being close to them. I ended up tucking Ellen to bed and laying next to her while, this is terrible, right? I'm flipping through Facebook and I saw this story on Facebook and it was totally meant for me. And uh, not only is it an angel message for me, but there's an angel message within the story itself. So I don't know if you saw this, but last week on September 3rd, J.R. Stormont, the president of FinOps Foundation, he wrote this story of somebody who passed in his life. And the story is called, It's Later Than You Think. And this story is on LinkedIn. It's going around Facebook. So I hope that they don't mind that I'm reading it here. But uh, I think it's just a really good message that we all need right now. He writes Eight years ago, during the same month, I had twin boys and co founded Cloud Ability. About three months ago, Cloud Ability was acquired. About three weeks ago, we lost one of our boys. When I got the call, I was sitting in a conference room with 12 people at our Portland office talking about PTO policies. Minutes earlier, I had admitted to the group that in the last eight years, I had not taken off more than a continuous week. My wife and I had an agreement that that when one of us calls, the other answers. So when the phone rang, I stood up and walked to the conference room door immediately. I was still walking through the door when I answered with, "Hey, what's up?" Her reply was icy and immediate. "JR, Wiley is dead." "What?" I responded. "Wiley has passed." She reiterated. "What? No!" I yelled out. "No." She said, "I'm sorry. I have to call 911." That was the entire conversation. The next thing I know, I'm sprinting out the front of the office with my car keys in hand, running ferociously across the street and muttering, oh bleep, oh bleep, oh bleep. Halfway down the block, I realize I don't have the opener to my parking garage. Running back into the lobby, I all but shout, someone drive me, someone drive me. Thankfully, a helpful colleague did. By the time I got home, 12 minutes later, our cul-de-sac was packed with emergency vehicles. I sprinted through our open front door and ran straight towards the bedroom that the boys shared. One of half-dozen police officers there stepped in front of me, blocking the way. When a child dies suddenly, it becomes a potential crime scene. It was two and a half painful hours before I could see my boy. After an hour of waiting in shock out front, I told the armed police officers guarding the door that I couldn't wait any longer. They allowed me to go out to the deck facing the kids' room to peer through the sliding glass window. He lay in his bed, covers neatly, looking peacefully asleep. I put my hand on the glass and lost it. When the medical examiner finally finished his work, we were allowed in the room. "'an airy calm came over me. "'I laid down next to him in the bed that he loved, "'held his hand, and kept repeating, "'What happened, buddy? What happened?' "'We stayed next to him for maybe 30 minutes "'and stroked his hair before they returned "'with the gurney to take him away. "'I walked out, holding his hand and his forehead "'through the body bag as we wheeled down our driveway. "'Then all the cars drove away. The last one to leave was the black minivan with Wiley in it. Wiley was obsessed with starting a business. One day it was a smoothie stand, the next it would be a gallery, then a VR headset, then a coder, then a spaceship building company. In each of these scenarios, he was the boss. His brother and sometimes us were invited to work for, not with, him, and each were assigned jobs. In the gallery scenario, Wiley informed Oliver that he would be manning the cash register. Around five years old, Wiley decided that he was going to get married as an adult. By six, he had identified the girl. Holding her hand at recess on the first day of kindergarten, over the next two years as we moved from Portland to London to Hawaii, he kept in touch with her by handwritten letter. Not long before we moved back to Portland, the two agreed by letter to marry. She beat him to the punch and asked him. He accepted. Happily, he got to see her twice after we moved back to Portland in June. One of the countless difficult moments of this month was signing his death certificate. Seeing his name written on the top of it was hard. However, two fields further down the form crushed me. The first said occupation never worked. The next, marital status, never married. He wanted so badly to do both of those things. I feel fortunate and guilty to have had so much success So much success in each. Over the last three weeks, I have come up with an endless stream of things I regret. They tend to fall into two categories. Things I wish I had done differently and things I'm sad to not see him do. My wife is constantly reminding me of all the things he did do. Wiley went to 10 countries, drove a car on a farm road in Hawaii. Hiked in Greece, snorkeled in Fiji, wore a suit to a fantastic British prep school every day for two years, got rescued from a shark on a jet ski, kissed multiple girls, got good enough at chess to beat me twice in a row, wrote short stories, and drew comics obsessively. And then he passed away in his bed overnight. The evening was normal. Wiley was healthy and engaged. We had friends with kids over for dinner. We all jumped on the giant trampoline that had been the first purchase for the house we had just bought a few weeks ago. That evening, Wiley got to be bossy with the other kids. Other than his mother, he was one of the most opinionated people I know. And he started telling everyone that they were playing the game wrong. I pulled him aside. I was stern with him, too stern in in hindsight, and I made him cry. It's one of the last interactions we had, and I've beaten myself up for it a dozen times. I can still see the tears rolling down his face, the protestation of, but you're not listening to me. No one listens to me. A few hours later, things had calmed down. We ordered takeout and Wiley ate his favorite meal, Rice with yellow doll. Then we put the kids to bed. I had a very sweet interaction with Wiley at bedtime and apologized for making him cry. We had a good snuggle and I went to bed myself. About 15 minutes later, I was lying in bed and through the dark room, saw his half-naked form, always impossibly tall and lean for his age, walking up the stairs to our bedroom. Papa, I can't sleep. There was loud music playing outside from a neighbor's party and it was keeping him awake. I walked him back to his room and shut all the windows. He said that was better. We had another quick snuggle and a sweet exchange. Then I went to bed for good. Around 5.40 a.m. the next morning, I woke up for a series of back-to-back meetings I did a Peloton ride, took an analysis call from my home office, one with a colleague on the drive to work, then the rest at the office. None seemed that important now. I left that morning without saying goodbye or checking on the boys. Late that morning, Jessica had thought Wiley was simply sleeping in. He loved to sleep He loved his bed, and it had been a week of late bedtimes and fun daytime activities with visiting friends. Eventually, she got the sense it had been too long and went in to check on him. He was cold. The medical examiner later estimated that he had passed away 8 to 10 hours earlier. 8 to 10 hours by the time she had found him indicated that he had passed early in the night. Last year, Wiley was diagnosed with a typically mild form of epilepsy called benign rolandic epilepsy that is most common in boys between 8 to 13. It's called benign because it typically resolves on its own by the teenage years. Wiley's was light. We only saw a single confirmed seizure occur. It happened about nine months ago while we were visiting Portland from the UK. All of the multiple pediatricians and neurologists with whom we discussed his condition said there was little to be concerned about. He had the best type of epilepsy and we should let it run its course. None mentioned what ultimately took him. S-U-D-E-P is shorthand for the sudden, unexplained death of epilepsy. It's rare enough that there is a philosophical debate in the neurological neurology community about whether to proactively tell parents about it. SUDEP is generally seen to be unpredictable, unpreventable, and irreversible once it starts. It can be tied to a seizure, but many times just the brain shuts down. Statistically, it was highly unlikely to hit our son. One out of 4,500 children with epilepsy are affected. Sometimes you end up the statistic. Many have asked what they can do to help. Hug your kids. Don't work too late. A lot of the things you are likely spending your time on, you'll regret once you no longer have the time. I'm guessing you have one-on-one meetings on the books with lots of people you work with. Do you have them regularly scheduled with your family, with your kids, with your loved ones? If there are any lessons to take away from this, it's to remind others and myself not to miss out on the things that matter. I haven't gone back to work yet, so if you've emailed or messaged me, it's likely that I haven't replied. When I do go back, I may end up declaring an email bankruptcy. The big question is how to return to work in a way that won't be leaving me again with the regrets that I have now. To be honest, I've considered not going back, but I believe in the words of, friends, I say this name wrong, Khalil Gibran, who said, work is love made visible. And I know that we just had that poem on the podcast. So I just want to re- repeat this because what a beautiful author. The words that he wrote is work is love made visible. To me, that line is a testament to how much we gain, grow, and offer through the work we do. But that work needs to have a balance that I rarely lived. It's a balance that lets us offer our gifts to the world, but not at the cost of self and family. While I sat writing this post, my, li- my living son, Oliver, came in and asked for screen time. Instead of saying the usual no, I stopped writing and asked if I could play with him. He was happily surprised by my answer and we connected in a way I would have formally missed out on. Smaller things matter. Small things matter. One silver lining from this tragedy is the improved relationship I have with him. Our family has gone from having two units of two the parents and the twins, to now being a triangle of three. That's a big adjustment for a family that has always been four. Oliver's brilliant reply when we discuss the shape of our new family. But Papa, the triangle is the strongest shape. By some sad and beautiful irony, Oliver has met three sets of eight-year-old twins in our new neighbor's neighborhood since Wiley passed. I've learned to stop waiting to do things the kids ask for. When we sold the business, I gave each of the boys a $100 bill. They decided to pool their money to buy a tent for camping. But we didn't make it happen before Wiley passed. Another regret. So after the first round of family visits after his passing, I took Jessica and Ar- Oliver to REI to get gear and we left town quickly to camp ser- camp near Mount St. Helens. Somehow we got to the wil- wilderness without enough cash to cover the campground fee and ha- had a slight panic. Jessica then realized that Wiley's $100 bill was still in his seat pocket. I gotta read this again. Somehow, we got to the wilderness without enough cash to cover the campground fee and had a slight panic. Jessica then realized that Wiley's $100 bill was in the seat pocket. He got to spend his money on camping after all. Collectively, the family said a big thanks buddy out loud to him. It was one of many bittersweet moments that we will experience for the rest of our lives. Each happy time brings with it the sadness that he doesn't get to experience it. One of Wiley's happy times was listening to music and dancing. Damn, that kid could dance. He loved the Oregon County Fair. And the year before we left for London, we listened to a band there play a version of Enjoy Yourself, It's Later Than You Think. The words stuck with me three years ago that day, painfully so now. You work and work for years and years. You're always on the go. You never take a minute off too busy making dough. Someday you say you'll have your fun when you're a millionaire. Imagine all the fun you'll have when you're in your old rocking chair. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. The years go by as quick as a wink. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. As my wife writes in her beautiful post, she's always more eloquent than I am. All that remains. Please ask us about our son's life and his death. We heal in small bits while talking about it. Out of these ashes have come many new and restored connections. Thank you for being one of mine. And I hope from this tragedy, you will consider how you prioritize your own time. So that was just so touching and so fitting for where I was at Saturday night after Theosophist, laying in bed with Elle, not paying attention to her, taking my time with her and Blake for granted. And I just thought I'd be open and honest and share that with you because I think we all do way too much of that. And it was just such a strong angel message that came in, just not for me, but for all of us, of how do we prioritize our own time? Where do we schedule time with our kids to have fun and not rush them or hurry them? or Not just in the summer, but having that time all the time throughout the year. So Sunday, yesterday, Elle's been coming into our bed and um, she talks about how <laughs> comfy um, our adult bed is and how uncomfortable her bed is, which is because we have a very soft mattress and she has a very firm mattress. So I ended up taking her just wanting to, um, after reading that story, just wanting to really cherish my time with her and spend that time with her so I took her over to um, Bed Bath & Beyond to get one of those pillow top um, those things that are a couple inches high and they roll out onto the top of your mattress so that when you lay on your mattress it's not as firm and it's just really soft um, to make her bed more like our bed. So we went over to (laughs) um, Bed Bath & Beyond and You know, I see manifestation as something that kids do a lot of too. They don't even realize that they're doing it, but they are. Manifestation can be small too, right? That we manifest things that we write that we want right then and there. And it's not totally co-creation at that point when they're children, right? Because they aren't thinking about a long-term purpose for what they want. These are just very short wants and needs. Uh, for example, when Al was in kindergarten one morning, she woke up and she goes, mom, I want blueberries for breakfast. Do we have blueberries? And I said, no, we never get blueberries. We always get blackberries or strawberries. And she goes, no, I, I want blueberries. And I said, okay, well, I'll pick some up at the store today. But I could tell she was just disappointed that we didn't have them right there and then. And so That morning, I had all of these sessions at my home. This is years ago. And one of my sessions, this woman brought over a huge, huge thing of organic blueberries. And Elle does this all the time. She manifests what she wants when she wants it. So we're at Bed Bath & Beyond. We're looking at all of these different... Mattress toppers, these plushy mattress toppers to make her bed comfortable. And there's little like squares of them so that you don't have to take them all out of the package. And she's got them all lined up on the floor next to each other, one by one. And um, she's tested them all out and it's just adorable. And she's like, This is the one. She picked out the one (laughs) that was the most plushy. And she said, It's like a squishy toy. So I looked at the price, and the price of this matrix topper is 250 bucks and I call this woman over and I was like do you have any more of these the clearanced out one here over here that's over that's only like 150 bucks and she's like no I don't have any more of those but um I was like the entire time that I'm talking to this woman she keeps saying it's not the one mom that's not the one I want I want this one I want this one so I finally said okay well do you have this one over here and she goes actually we have that one clearanced out in the back let me go get it for you so she comes out and it was clearance down from 250 down to 100 and that is another example of my daughter who just manifests all the time what she wants and she's just so good at it So of course, that's the one we got and we went home and we put it on your bed and I was able to lay by her last night after reading the story, not thinking about all of the emails that I needed to respond to, not thinking about all of the people who I owe, different pieces of information so that in my business they can do the work that they need to do, not think about anything work-related except that. I was there in bed with her, reading books, spending quality time with her, and I just thought that was so beautiful. And if you didn't catch the angel story within the story about Wiley, when they got to the campground and they didn't have the cash that they needed to give, it was Wiley's $100 bill that was in the car that ended up. Being what they used to be able to go camping that night and it was Wiley coming through from the other side, showing them that he was where that he was there with them, camping with them. So as that song said, Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you think. Sometimes we have to stop in our lives and reprioritize and say I I'm not able to do what I need for me. I'm not able to enjoy. So how do I rework things so that I am able to enjoy my life while I work and bring value to this world? And I know that that can all seem like a mixed message, right? Because so often we're saying, follow your heart, do what you're passionate about. And yet today we're saying, slow down, enjoy, and be with the people that you love. And in some ways, it can be both. But the word that the writer hit on in the story is it's about how we prioritize and really the most how we prioritize our time. Because if we had time as a resource, unlimited time, we could do it all. But that's the beauty of this world is that we don't have all the time in the world that is the other side so how do we prioritize the things that we do in our life how do we prioritize our time to enjoy to enjoy life itself to enjoy the loved ones that are here with us because it is later than we think it's always later than we think and that time isn't going to be with us for forever. So at some point we have to stop and maybe we have to do it monthly or yearly but just reprioritize so that we are enjoying those who are with us now. My friends, I hope that you got value out of today's podcast. I hope that this helps you in your life. If you want to set up a reading with me, you can do that on my website, or you can email me. All of that information is in the show notes. If you haven't written your review yet, please get it in by Wednesday by 5 Central Standard Time, Chicago Time, so that I can select you Wednesday night to be one of our 15 winners that we're going to announce Thursday. So thank you for everyone who's left those five-star reviews and thank you all for those who are going to. Friends, if you have comments, questions, other stories that we should share here on the podcast, please go over to Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at Angel Podcast. That's the at sign, Angel Podcast. And we love, love, love hearing from you. Also, if you want to receive that weekly channeled angel message, don't forget to make sure that we have your email address. You can go to my website, Jancis.com, scroll all the way to the very bottom, and you're going to see this box where you can enter your email and press submit. If you do that next month when we start those messages, you will definitely start receiving them. My friends, I love you so much. Your loved ones on the other side love you so, so, so much. When we pass, love doesn't change. Love doesn't die. Love doesn't dim whatsoever. So all of the loved ones that you're thinking of right now, they are thinking of you. They want you to know that they are with you. So take some time this week to spend some time with them on the other side and spend some time with your loved ones who are here with you right here, right now on earth. Friends, until next Thursday, I'm sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings.